0: Well, right now we've got some uh promos that we got to do. We have ads. Uh, we we got, finally
1: got some ads and sponsorship.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we got we got our first sponsor. Um and you know because of the Halloween season, uh FX is looking to promote American Horror Story and uh great show. What a
1: what a yeah. really good show.
0: Yeah, so I mean, you know they came to us and they wanted us to do some spots. You that's know, that's a they, really they, big uh, that's
1: a big advertiser for us. We don't usually get what well, we haven't gotten any I know.
0: I know. I'm surprised. Out of the gate, we got one that big. It's pretty awesome. No, they they asked us to do like some audio spots, like you know, because their whole thing is like mind bending, horrifying, twisted imagery and all that. And you know, they thought that uh, our podcast would be a good place to uh, promote to our
1: fans. Okay. So, um, all right. So, like a closed caption reading type thing. Like, but what if I just yeah. listen to? What if I just watch some of the? some of the commercials and i just i'll like narrate them yeah just describe what you're seeing on the screen
0: okay all right all right you know but make it twisted yeah of course it has to be but it's twisted you know, it's american horror halloween. story it has to be yeah twisted. it's halloween you know it has to be twisted you know think like you know spencer gifts or hot topic or uh right marilyn manson you know you gotta you gotta think twisted see. edgy remember edgy okay All right, so I'm going to play these for you and you just jump (laughs) right in with what you're seeing, all right? All right, I'm watching.
2: Oh, look at this. There's some sort of a bloody skull. Uh, But blood is not the color gold. What is this? (laughs) Oh, it's honey. It's a hive instead of a brain. (laughs)
1: American horror story next one uh all right let's just knock out like all of these at once so i don't have to keep doing it yeah. you know? all right okay cool that's a cool. good uh, yeah good idea, idea, right? and we can yeah we can yeah we'll, them we'll parcel them the out we'll send them right? back to the to the to the people at, at, yeah. at the show and we'll see which ones We they get approvals liked. and all that so we'll get approvals, go on to yeah. the next one okay so yeah. the next one is
2: imagine a woman of the shapely variety jogging down the street in athleisure wear <laughs> <laughs> and we pan around to see the front of her body. And it's not a woman at all, but a bag of food with flies. (laughs) American Horror Story. Imagine, if you will, the one season that took place at a baseball field or something. and. And there's Sammy Souza. And, <laughs> and he's white as a ghost! <laughs> American Horror Story.
1: That's gonna be a good one. <laughs> I think they're gonna want that one. We're laughing too much. We gotta stop laughing. I realize that we're like super happy about getting all this FX money, but we can't let it come through on the f- finished product because, like, I know. I'm happy, you're happy that they cut us this check for $280,000 to read oh. these for them. But <laughs> let's try to take our job seriously, all right? Okay. So, all right.
2: Uh, imagine a small puppy!
1: <laughs>
2: and when you look at it from the side, it's a beautiful little creature, but when you look at it from the other side, it's cut in half, American <laughs> Horror Story. <laughs> You can see all the insides and everything. (laughs) You can see all the insides and everything. It's like the 37th minute of The Cell, starring Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Lopez. (laughs) Except that was a horse. Imagine with me, if you will, a key that opens a hotel door. But the key's made of bones, and the door is made of blood. And on the inside are clowns. They're not happy to see you at all. American (laughs) Horror Story.
0: Oh my god.
2: (laughs) Wouldn't it be so twisted if you were to see a picture of your mother and father? And it's a gorgeous headshot of them smiling down upon you from the afterlife. But as we pan downwards, we see that they're fucking... American Horror Story.
0: Hey, can I try this next one? <laughs> yeah, go for it. Alright, yeah, yeah. Uh, Alright, let me get this queued up. Yeah, here. it really helps to have a
1: squeaky voice <laughs> Okay. doing this. Alright,
0: all right, let me see what I got. Let me see what I got. Um...
2: Well, well, well,
0: what do we have here? It looks like, it looks like a woman and another woman. It's three women coming through the door, but they do not have eyes. They do not have
2: arms. They do not have anything. They're just balloons with faces. American Horror Story. American Horror Story.
1: That's where you really need to nail the gravitas. I mean, that was a really good first pass. I think it was a really good first okay. try. Thank you. Um, but w- well, maybe hopefully, if it's a little hopefully bit- we
0: could keep. Yeah, hopefully we could keep the sponsor,
1: and you know, uh, we'll we'll get to do some yeah. next time. I mean, and yeah. and then there's the, the the one specific one they asked for, which was like. Uh, okay. Uh,
2: there are several contortionists, and they're twisted in the most twisted of ways. And then, if it wasn't obvious enough that that's twisted, they're also. Uh, on a beach ball in hell. I don't know. American horror ball. Yeah,
1: I think we got it. I think we (laughs) nailed that, Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Came really close to not doing an episode this week because we we're because you're so woo, you're, yeah, so, my, uh, you're my so reverential thinking. towards this holiday because I think it's it's your it's also my favorite holiday. I love this holiday, this is the best holiday. Yeah, so it was a stressful
0: the, Halloween though. It's been just too much, too much going on all at once. Too
1: much bullshit, too much of the real mm-hmm. world intruding on our little like fantasy escapism. Um, no, what
0: are they all thinking?
1: So, welcome to the Bird Road Horror Show 2017. The inaugural horror show, uh, so we're gonna try to keep our, our 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 eyes on the prize and think about all that sweet sweet candy that we're gonna get. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. What's your what's your favorite candy?
0: Oh, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna be a little obvious here and go with Reese's peanut butter cups. Um, you know, you just kind of can't beat Reese's. You know, I'd say every year I eat enough that I'm sick of them until Halloween.
1: Um, but they're just so good. Mine's Marzipan. What was your, um, what was marzipan. your, what, what was the last, the, what was the last year? Do you remember the last year you trick-or-treated? You trick-or-treated.
2: Hmm. My favorite candy <laughs> is Marzipan. Um. Imagine a small child <laughs> built of candy and his face is Marzipan, and then he dies. He's eaten by a demon Imagine there's a child Eating a length of marzipan And as the camera pulls back We see it's his own leg I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That was a
1: freebie American Horror Story You got that one for yeah. free you know, yeah. You're off the clock no. All right? You're off the clock And you got that one for free
2: Oh
0: my god
1: What I was think, your last year?
0: I, maybe it's Maybe You know I think I did in high school You know As a, as a jokey joke um, Yeah A joke But uh yeah, but I don't know. I don't think I've ever done it since then. Maybe. It's possible. <laughs> Any, anything's possible with
1: my life. Um yeah, I think it was for me it was middle school, was the last year and then and then and then Halloween was super uncool all through high school. Like you couldn't do that cuz then you would be a loser. And uh and I did it. <laughs> no, but not even like trick or treating. Just getting dressed up. Like you couldn't dress up in high school. You'd get made fun of. I did it. Again, I think you and I had two very different experiences growing up. Um, I think it's possible. (laughs) I was definitely very worried about what girls thought and like really, (laughs) really wanted them to like like me and to like I didn't want to like stand out too much and be weird. But just Mm -hmm. like I wanted to stand out just enough that like a few girls would notice that I was there and like and look at and look at you now. Look at me. Yeah. Yeah. Look look at me now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um all right so we we have some fun shit lined up for uh did you did you prepare your list of your favorite um horror movies that's my first
0: that's my first announcement of the oh night. give me
1: some give me some announcements what's up
0: <clears throat> i prepared a little bit holy shit I, I i'll send you a picture of my phone later after we're done but I have split screen up. Can't on wait! My, by the way, can't on wait. My Gal- to see a on my Galaxy, I know, on my Galaxy S eight Plus, I have split screen. One screen is a Google Keep document with my notes, and the second screen is your outline of the show. So, I mean, I,
1: I'm pretty damn prepared. Good. That's that's incredible. That's incredible news. I bet you never surprising. imagined that. No, I wouldn't. I would not have imagined yeah. it. So we've gotten advice over the course of our first few episodes. And um, I wanted to shout out a few of the, of the, of the things that we've gotten in, in, in terms of advice. Um, one uh, friend said uh, we should talk less politics. He's going to shout them out very loudly. One friend! <laughs> somebody said that we should uh, talk less politics. Sorry. Fuck that. We're not going to do that. Um, somebody said that we should have shorter episodes. Fuck that. Not doing that either. Um, like, I mean, I, I draw the line at letting you talk more. And also giving you like, <laughs> <laughs> letting you have equal volume with me, I think we're that's about as close as we're gonna get. Um, I think you said that we should never do skits. Fuck that! Mm. We're doing skits. Like we're gonna no, every I, episode is gonna have a skit. Literally every episode <laughs> is gonna have a skit, and they're I all gonna be get, worse. Look, the American <laughs> Horror Story thing we just did—that's the high. That's the high bar.
0: Everything is gonna <laughs> be worse than that. So,
1: you know. I maybe. said, let's get the show rolling first and then then let's do skits that's I, I remember specifically a more existential conversation we had about like the podcast and you're like i don't know about the skits maybe once in a while <laughs> or maybe once we get to like episode number 10 and i was like nope we're doing them now <laughs> as long as people are okay with me just
0: laughing uncontrollably <laughs> during them just was wheezing really hoping you
1: would have muted yourself but no it's was- that's not happening. It was a lot of laughing over the top of the, the first skit. Um so enjoy that, I guess, everybody out there. Um <laughs> uh, I think I, have, I think
0: all of I, I think all of these suggestions are going to sort of work their way in a
1: little bit, but I think we're gonna continue to just do whatever the hell we want to do on the show. So what do you have for the intro block? Because the only thing that I put that put down because I was trying to think of scary stuff, but stuff that's only sort of like tangentially scary. And I realized one of the things that scares me more than anything right now is, um, you know how like, how Facebook stole the Instagram and Snapchat stories function? I'm terrified mm-hmm. by the people, the two people on my timeline that are using that shit. What are they doing? Who's using that I shit? And why are you yeah. doing it? If you, if you are using it, I'm not saying it in a funny way, like trying to be like dismissive, like, oh, who's using that? I'm saying like, Seriously, somebody do something about the people that are using that shit. Don't, do, don't use that. I, I actually have a
0: hard time uh, even replying to this because I do not get it at all. I, I don't understand why they would. Like, I can't even put myself in those shoes. It doesn't make any sense to me what the purpose is.
1: I've gone through, like, case studies in my mind of, like, how I would ever become a super user on snapchat like what things i would be doing and i would have to be like a promiscuous nba star or something <laughs> like <just> constantly <laughs> taking videos of myself with like women that i just randomly meet and be like hey this is chandra from houston i'm never gonna see her again and neither are you and like that's it and i can't imagine what it is about this stuff that's 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 a a draw in your regular day-to-day life i i'm, I'm on snapchat I don't remember what my fucking handle is or whatever, but I'm on Snapchat and I've gone from being a little bit of a creator on Snapchat to being more of a consumer. And there's like maybe 20 or 30 really interesting things out there on Snapchat, but so much of it is just so boring and pedestrian and people like, I mean, it's the old joke of like taking a video of your fucking hamburger and stuff like that. It's boring as shit.
0: And I don't understand. You're already posting it on Facebook, so why aren't why aren't you just posting it on Facebook? Well, these people aren't. These but, people aren't on Facebook.
1: No, nobody. I, nobody I know. Well, fuck them. <laughs> nobody I know under twenty five is on Facebook.
0: Like then I do not care about them at all. They mean nothing. <laughs> um, I I think I, I I think Facebook could make like a cool billion dollars if they just offered a one dollar remove that line from your facebook app i think that's how many people do not want
1: this feature (laughs) um so moving seamlessly into the world of uh into the world of politics and trying to stay on topic here with with halloween um i i don't know i wanted to let this go another week so that we could devote devote an entire episode to i want to look down the road maybe next week and we we specifically get maybe try to get a guest on for this i want to talk about as a person who wants to be more politically involved and, and actually affect change in their community, whether or not you should register as a member of the Democratic Party or, you mm. know, I mean, let's be honest. Most people listening to this podcast probably aren't <laughs> they're probably not doing the consideration of like, hmm, should I stay unaffiliated or be a Republican? Like most of them are probably doing like, should I stay? Uh, you know, unaffiliated or should I become a part of the Democratic Party? Should I become part of the the DSA? Like that, that's probably if somebody listening to this podcast is having that conversation with themselves or like sort of inquiring. We, we might
0: have a few Republican listeners.
1: Who? Name three.
0: Three random people who maybe just clicked on Bird
1: Road because they like birds. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you wasted your hour. My bad. I guess. Well, I I think I think
0: joking aside, that that kind of adds to your point. Like, if there's people that are actually unsure of what you know what they're doing politically, you know, that some of them have to be pretty you know
1: uncertain of their choice right now, and maybe are a little able to be fluctuated. And and making that uh that choice even a little bit more. Or less certain is again. This is already like an eleven-day-old story, so I, I sort of hesitate to bring it up. We maybe should have brought it up next week, or maybe we should package it with a bit with a bigger thing for for, for next week. We should, either should have gone over it last week, or we should package it for something bigger next week. But maybe we'll just revisit it. And the only reason I wanted to 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 bring it up is because it's sort of timely, and it's from from uh, the article I'm reading from is from Vanity Fair. But again, it's um it, this is this was something that was pretty widely reported. And under the headline, DNC chair purges dissenters in surprise shakeups. So mm-hmm. here's the lead. The Republican Party isn't the only political establishment in shambles um, following the shock election of Donald Trump last fall. In a move that exacerbated the vast intraparty rift exposed during last year's presidential primary between Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders, Democratic National Committee chairman uh, Tom Perez has stripped a number of longtime party officials of their at-large delegate status or leadership positions while appointing a slate of 75 new members that include Clinton campaign veterans, lobbyists, and neophytes, and other really fucking successful people who have lots of great wins to speak for in the last year. Um, So that's the party, right? I mean, if you're you're of a particular political persuasion and you believe in certain things, right? The, the, there's, this is really just two parties in this country right now that there's, it's, it's a two party system. And one of them is basically taking anybody that was, that, that was uh not in compliance with the eventual candidate, the candidate who lost historically in a crazy upset last, last year um, and, and ousting them. So I guess I, I just wonder if there's any point in becoming a democrat anymore. Can it, it, and I see two lines of thinking. There's the this party's left me behind. I, you know, even even if you're slightly progressive. If you believe in like even just like the expansion of of Medicaid or things like that. Not even like universal right, healthcare, right. but just like just some pretty moderate positions. This probably isn't your party. Um if you believe in dissenting with uh with with sort of the more neoliberal concepts that that Clinton represents, and that a guy like Tom Perez is sort of a you know um, an avatar for, it's probably not your party. But what do you do about that? Do you not join and join something else? Do you join and try to affect change from inside of this enormous monolithic institution? I think, and I've
0: been hanging out with a lot of people lately because of Gina um, that have left the Democratic Party, or maybe weren't in the first place. Um, and I, I think you, you have to. I think you have to join because I, I, I really do think it's a two party system, and it's, it's crazy to think that anything is going to happen from the outside. I, it's pretty defeatist and, uh, and scary, I guess, for Halloween. But uh, it's, it, it is what it is. I think, and I think you have to join and try to change from the inside. The
1: party's so bad, though. I mean, when you look at the it's people terrible. That it, it's terrible out. they
0: do not care they do not care there there should be no uh you know no allusions to that it, they do not care at all about what all these young people are thinking they only care about um you know everybody who was involved in the last election
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> just I'm just gonna at, keep pushing that I'm looking at this list of people that 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 Perez is putting forward um and as the article goes on to mention it's like these are several individuals who have lobbying or corporate interest background. Uh, of course. You know, and they, they list a lot a lot of them. Um, That's requirement number one. Joanne Joanne Dowdle, who I, I don't actually know who she is or anything like that, but she is a registered lobbyist for Fox News parent company, News Corp. So a Fox <laughs> News lobbyist. That's Beautiful. who we're adding. For we're f- doing great. Yeah, we're doing yeah. great. Um, and then, like, just forget about all the implicit fail- stink of failure that comes from being part of the Clinton campaign, because if you were part of that campaign, I could understand if you were like, for instance, one of these people in Detroit that was sending up the fire signals from the DNC and saying like, letting Brooklyn, the 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 Hillary Clinton campaign in Brooklyn know like, hey, uh, things are bad out here. We might lose Michigan. You need to send more people. There's a problem here in Wisconsin. You know, all those sort of DNC, Clinton campaign adjacent people. But when you're talking about like, oh, the actual Clinton Uh, apparatchiks and all the all the 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 people that were working directly in leadership positions on her campaign like how can you make a how can you make a a case that they are people who should be involved in in what comes next for the party right yeah there's a there's a bigger problem though. let me tell you and i i I noted this because i didn't want to forget forget it or not mention it maybe we can go more in depth with it um, I really want to get to talking about movies, but, uh, the, 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 bigger, the bigger problem is, and this kind of comes on the, I mean, like where right now when we're recording just this hour, um, Paul Manafort was indicted or the, the indictment was announced by the, um, by the probe, by, uh, by the uh, special counselor, it's counsel, Robert Mueller.
2: You hear what they said, Jane? I'm going to be indicted. Yeah,
1: but you only said what they told indicted, you. Indicted, Jane!
2: To. Indicted! I'm
1: going to be Indicted!
2: No it is gonna be okay. Indicted, Honey, Dick. Indicted! Uh, honey! i gonna be indicted! Hold it, they can't. It's gonna be okay. Just calm down. I can't calm down, I'm gonna be indicted! Indicted!
1: And um so Paul Manafort, who was the uh Trump Trump campaign uh manager in the earliest days of the uh of the of the campaign. By the way, really quick note, Manafort, people try to Sort of uh, minimize his involvement with the campaign and say like no no it was actually a, it was actually Bannon who was the Steve Bannon who was the CEO of Trump's campaign. Bannon was only in charge of that campaign about eighty days. Uh, Manafort was the guy who was in charge for half a year, hundred and forty some odd days. So mm-hmm. that's bullshit. Okay, that campaign had way more of Manafort's dirty uh, Russian Ukrainian uh, sneaking buckets full of rupees over the fucking over the over the border hands all over it more so far more so than um than uh than, than bannon who also left a pretty indelible mark but my my point being that there's something that the democrats aren't learning and it, it it's coming in the week after pretty much all the different propaganda outlets made it sound like what was going on with uh the russian dossier was something that democrats need to be apologizing for that came after um Everybody, all these similar propaganda outlets, making it sound like somehow the Democratic Party needs to apologize for Harvey Weinstein. Like, right? As, yeah. like, why are we apologizing? There's, why would anybody yeah. apologize for things that aren't their fault? Like, there's, there's no there's reason that to... False equivalency that I hate so much.
0: It's, exactly. It's yeah. It's it's uh it's absolutely ridiculous, and uh it, it's something that the Republicans would
1: never apologize for. Never. Never, and we're we're supposed to apologize for, and I, and we need to stop. It has to. There has to be no more apologies. This is not. Uh, there aren't rules of norms anymore happening. There's nothing that makes. Um, there's nothing that makes a difference. Apologizing is not going to earn a vote. Apologizing for Harvey Weinstein's behavior and taking money right. from Harvey Weinstein this is going to earn you a single vote. Just the same way that Paul Manafort being indicted is not going to lose the Republican Party a single vote, they don't give right. a fuck. They don't care. They're glad he did right. it because whatever he did to collude with Russia, to um, you know act against U.S. interests, to uh, to 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 undermine the democratic process, whatever any of those people did, it, there is no authentic, real concern about the erosion and the damage that it's done. They only care that they won, so that's fine. It's right. fine. Winning, anyway. it,
0: winning is at any cost. Winning, um, and Democrats, it's being safe and trying to be liked when everything they do makes them less liked. It seems.
1: Yeah, like to be to be clear, like I don't like Donna. I don't. I shouldn't say I don't like her. I don't really know her, but I don't um, identify with anything that <laughs> Donna Brazile uh, ha- has you know politically shown herself to be over the course of, of her career right but i completely support her decision to cheat on the on yeah. the debates <laughs> fine i'm complete. i'm not sorry about that at all if anybody if 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 cory lewandowski had somehow like like stumbled into the room where there were uh, answers to the debate question or where the debate questions were being held he would have done the same shit and the fact that she happened to be competent enough to do it and he was not uh, I, I I don't care. I just don't care, and I don't even think that she should have ever apologized for it. Cause, wh- like, what's the point? Why? Who's who's apo- who is that apology for? Is it for Hillary Clinton? What What does she matter? Is it for the people who voted for her? They're already going to vote for her. You just didn't even mm-hmm. do you. Honestly, do your job. Get her to win. Yeah. And 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 part of that, if it's fucking sharing the answers with her. Honestly, it would be great if we were in a, a political climate or a situation where there was, you know, where there was a, a you know, some sort of ethics or integrity in the way that all the, all these age old processes like debates are done. But there isn't. There's no. There's no. There was never going to be a time when Donald Trump, who can barely put together a sentence, was <laughs> going to beat Hillary Clinton live in a debate, and she fucking smoked him three times mm-hmm. in a row demolished oh, yeah. him and all he could do was come up with like dumb zingers that yeah. only landed by virtue of the fact that people hate clinton like they they hate getting, her getting so, his ratings yeah i mean he was never going to be able to beat he can he can't even form a thought his brain is made out of fucking campbell soup he can't even think and uh, of course he was never going to be able to like beat her in a debate and of course it was never going to matter because the people that would vote for him don't care about debates and they don't of care about the performance not. of a debate yeah, it's just entertainment, basically. <laughs> it's entertainment and getting their uh, getting their thing in. They they do not care what he has to actually say. Damn, but in, in you know the the whole Donna Brazil thing got me back on this kid who I remember reading about. I say kid; it's not really identified how old he was, but um, I don't know if you remember about this story. They only ever released um this kid's first name. His name was Zach. They described him as young, so that's why I'm saying. Uh, was that he, he, was, was a- he the Lego maniac? Yes, was Zach the Legomaniac. Um, at the time, this was back in those like very difficult days, about three or four days after the election last year, um, when Br- Donna Brazile uh, gave what was described by one employee as a rip-roaring speech to about 150 employees at the DNC. This is back when she was the interim leader of the DNC. Um, And as a a staffer identified only as Zach stood up with a question. He said, why should we trust you as chair to lead us through this? You backed a flawed candidate and your friend, uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, plotted through this to support your own gain and yourself. You're part of the problem. You and your friends will die of old age and I'm going to die from climate change. You and your friends let this happen, which is going to cut 40 years off my life expectancy. Um, Mm. And I'm like, God damn. Yeah, man, where's that kid? He should be running the party that's the guy who should be in charge of the party and of he's course probably, i'm sure he's probably not a democrat yeah he's probably not a democrat anymore <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah that's that's kind of my my little spiel on that i just wanted to uh, let's do this let's let's talk this let's let's make this the promo right now next week we're going to get mm-hmm. a person who's in this situation a person who maybe has been a democrat before and is considering it Maybe their name's Gina. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it probably is. Uh, we're going to talk to that person and, uh, and, and and see what their thought process is. Because right now I feel like it's just an echo chamber. I know, for me, I've refrained from joining any particular party, but that's sort of a vestige of my days in journalism where mm-hmm. you just couldn't. You couldn't because it was publicly available information. And no matter how you actually felt about an issue, you had to pretend that you have no opinions, and uh, which is a whole other bullshit topic. But so I still haven't, but I want to be more involved, and to do that, you got to join up. And I'm just wondering if it's if it if it if it's better to I'm debating whether are, it's better to are to you be,
0: what before we go to next week are are you uh, are you more leaning
1: towards or leaning away from from that choice? I'll tell you what what what's made me want to seek out people that are more like minded in the DSA is. Um, is really just the two linchpin issues of, um, of healthcare and education Mm. because for Hillary Clinton to write that book and for every one of her supporters, her entire cult of personality to sort of parrot it and, uh, and, and take it as fact that she was pound for pound, punch for punch proposing the same shit that Bernie Sanders was proposing. Only he (laughs) was doing it in a in a in a one-ups it's sort of engaging in a, in, in one-upsmanship and that the whole example that she gave about like for her to compare healthcare and education to something frivolous like having a unicorn for a little kid um mm. or having a, a a having a pony for a little kid uh, that's insulting and, and and just offensive in its own right but then to compare the thing that she the, the the proposals that she had laid out to what Bernie Sanders was proposing and saying that they're both the same thing The only difference was that hers finds a way to have it paid for is intellectually dishonest and completely a complete lie. Her plans were, again, these market based make sure insurance companies, make sure for profit colleges, make sure everybody who needs to get, you know, their dividends are happy type of plans. They were all things that were driven by profit models, because at her core, Hillary Clinton, just like Republicans, still believes that everything needs to be commoditized everything needs to be turned into a product that can be sold and can be made money of and off of and that there needs to be investors who profit off of it in order for it to be any good it can't just be a direct benefit from the government it has to be something that is you know that that is run through the wheat thrasher of the of the of, of of the market before it can be introduced and eventually after everybody gets their beaks wet can can you take advantage of some like incredibly means tested uh fucking way of, of of actually like oh you know you can download this app and spend 45 hours trying to figure out which healthcare plan is the best for you and then there's an app that can help you do, figure out and do the math and then all you need to do is open 25 excel excel spreadsheets and compare you know your cost your premium cost to to your uh uh all of your other variables and things like that it's ridiculous dude that's the plan that should be my hate that should be my hate of the week in a few weeks here when i oh, sign shit. up for next year oh are you on i forget are you on obamacare yeah i am are you on obamacare well i'm i'm through the uh the shop marketplace with
0: wax tracks so which oh, okay. is just as bad if not how worse. many
1: how many people how many people are on that wax tracks plan uno <laughs> not even your parents no, because you pay. know they, they your have... parents just straight up pay for health insurance. My dad is like,
0: yeah. Well, my dad has one of those like boutique doctors where he can call
1: her anytime, you know.
0: And uh, yeah, he, dad, he needs it though. Your dad
1: is living like the life of like an eight, uh, like a, a, a late nineteenth century robber baron. <laughs> he's like he has like he has people just in a closet that he knocks on and they open up and just kind of like like file out and fix him and then file back in.
0: <laughs> yeah, but right is... now he right now he doesn't have any hot water though, so
1: he's very upset. Oh my god, that must be yeah, that must be terrible. Well, just tell him that the people in Downton Abbey didn't have hot water either. <laughs> he might ring the doorbell any minute to come use my shower, so
0: we'll have to put the show on hold if that happens. <laughs>
1: Um, all right, so that's what we're gonna talk about next week and that's all my shit for for, for politics this this time around. I think. Okay, so everybody ate their vegetables and listened to us on the way through um, talking about politics, and, and you got all the annoying part of the podcast out of the out of the way because nobody wants to talk about politics right now, right? Yeah, or the news. It's also boring. hey, hey, it's not the time.
0: <laughs> uh, but you know so, what time it is? It's Halloween time.
1: How excited were you when I came up when I told you my idea to talk about our favorite genre entries for? for horror movies. I was a little bit aroused. <laughs> um I can't wait to hear what you have, but I think you might have some you might be a little more predictable than me. Mine are yeah, mine so. are a little weirder. Mine, are, but I'm not a huge I I respect your opinion on horror far more than my own. I you've probably seen a thousand times more horror movies. How many horror movies have you scored or like things that would fit into that <laughs> Most of what I've scored (laughs) is horror,
0: which is funny because, you know, I know it seems like I'm a huge, huge horror nut, but I'm not that big of a horror fan. Like I love old school slashers and I love like comedy horror, like Evil Dead and all that. Right. Um, But I mean, horror generally isn't my, my favorite genre or anything, but it is my favorite to work on. I love making music that's like, you know, horror type scores and stuff
1: like that. So, which one do you want to start with? This is um, the way it's going to work. Let's let's set it up. A yeah, little yeah. Bit. Let's set it up a little bit. Okay. So what we did was we identified um, we identified a handful, a uh, half dozen of different categories. Maybe maybe you only did five. I don't know, but I'm sure you. Yeah, can I, pull did, one I did. I did five. Eyes. So yeah. here's what I had. I I have an entry for splatter, uh, psychological, modern, which was I didn't really know. A category. I looked it up and I see now, yes, it is uh, sort of a category of of horror Um, thrillers, slashers, sci fi, and I added just an overall one um, that doesn't fit into into any of those. That is, um, I guess, maybe more comedy, but uh, that's just me. And I just wanted to bring up that movie. And uh, so, why don't we start off with your splatter pick?
0: all right well that is the easiest one of the entire bunch to pick uh that easily goes to evil dead 2 um really the entire evil dead series um which i guess you could call comedy horror or splatter you know, there's a insane amount of gore
2: hey i'll swallow your soul i'll swallow your soul swallow <laughs> soul.
0: swallow this <laughs> You know, that's one of my, if not favorite movie of all time. Uh, and I just got to meet Bruce Campbell recently, which was awesome, <laughs> and got to see him do like a live game show for nerds, which is uh, super fun. You'd have There's never
1: it. been anything more that like I would assume that you would have done than, than go yeah. see Bruce Campbell <laughs> at a game at a nerd game show
0: by myself wearing a, a I got murdered by MC Random and Jewish Dave t-shirt.
1: <laughs> Another t-shirt that's completely impossible to explain, just like the Nundercover t-shirt that you wear from How Did This Get Made podcast. Like it's completely yeah. you have to go down a such a rabbit hole to explain to somebody it's what It's a thing that I
0: used to do but I still kind of do. We had an album, but we don't do it, but we are yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two, Army of Darkness. Um, I, I I generally tend to pick Evil Dead Two, although my favorite fluctuates a little. But yeah, they all sort of run together in my
1: head, and I mean, I love I love the franchise too. But they, it's I don't know. Like I I'm not as big a fan of it as you are. Evil Dead was in the cabin, and then Evil Dead Two was. Is that historical times? Is that in the in in ancient or I'm sorry, in medieval England? That's actually the third one. That's Army of
0: Darkness. Okay, and so Evil Dead. Evil Dead 2 starts off as a remake of Evil Dead 1 and then goes into a continued story uh, because Sam Raimi and the crew all had more money the second time around, so they decided to basically
1: start over. That's funny because you and I, I guess like the best splatter picks, the best splatter movies are ones that are low budget. Something about the low budget necessity of them makes them good, right?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that's where... The most creativity is born, you know? When when you're working with uh, those limitations, you start doing crazy shit, and that's where it becomes fun.
1: So, my Splatter uh, choice was okay. a very formative movie for me when I was a kid. And I still have very specific scenes. You know what I wanted to pick, though? Uh, let me tell you. The Splatter, What I what I didn't choose. I really wanted to pick the first RoboCop. Even though it doesn't fit neatly into the horror genre at all, It's, right. it's not. It's an action movie, but like that's the kind of splat. When I think of splatter, that's the kind of splatter, like a person's leg flying up through their shoulder, you know, like and right, the, yeah, like crazy over the top stuff. So in that, um, in that vein, my pick was the Toxic Avenger. Do you remember Toxic Avenger? Of course,
0: I remember Toxic oh. Avenger. That's an awesome pick.
1: Yeah, it was the <laughs> it was the movie that sort of created trauma and all those crazy ass movies that that um that came after i became aware of toxic avenger probably when i was like 8 years old so like in like mm-hmm. 1988 when we were we would like pass around bootleg vhs cassettes to each other at school and be like oh you got to see this movie you got to see this movie and yeah. um so this i what i didn't know is that Toxic Avenger was actually from like 1984, and it just went unnoticed for years. Like people didn't know. Oh, yeah. For like three years, nobody even knew that the movie had been made, and then it just kind of picked up steam.
0: Yeah, it became a cult thing and just got passed around and all that on cassette tapes. And yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and and I I love Toxic Avenger too. It's an awesome pick. And also, by the way, um, tonight is. The world premiere of Party Bus to Hell, a film that I uh, I didn't score the whole thing, but I did the main theme and then uh, a few other tracks for the soundtrack. And the the directors, their last two movies were trauma films, so I would not uh, be surprised if this one ends up being one too.
1: And uh, how's that work? That, got, that it gets really like really optioned fun. or it gets sold like after the fact or something. Like right now, there's no production company attached.
0: Right. Well there, there's their trauma's there's gotta be huge. Now, trauma
1: trauma has to be it's not trauma anymore. Now it's like Miramax. I mean it's huge probably now. No, right? no.
0: Well yeah, I mean it's still trauma of course, but it's it's uh you know, it's a full international distribution company and you know, and their their stuff is everywhere. Um but yeah, no, they they, they produce the movie themselves and then go to I guess uh like the American film market, I think, and they They uh, you know, pitch it to all kinds of companies. But I mean, these are this movie has you know a little bit of money behind it. It's not like no budget. Um,
1: So you know what you know uh, what when I they'll have no problem. When I think about like what Trauma must be these days, because it was such a like outlaw thing and it was so cool, but like nerd cool to be into Trauma when you were like I don't know in the late '80s, early '90s when you were like ten years old or whatever. Um, For sure. But now what I think what I think trauma must be like is, do you, do you ever watch a TV show called You're the Worst?
0: <laughs> I've seen the promos for it. Okay,
1: so there's a TV show called You're the Worst. And one of the side stories, one of the B stories, is that one of the um, the side characters is is uh, a struggling TV writer. And he catches on with, um, with uh, Doug Loves Movies. So he becomes a writer for Doug Benson and all of Doug Benson's various projects, right? And he shows up at the office to actually start working directly with 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 them and he walks in and, and he, he's he's like sort of dressed like you would dress to go work at uh you know at a, at a doug benson podcast but sure. it's like it's like a slick high-end office and doug benson's wearing like a suit and tie and he's like he's like what do you think i got this successful just by being some stoner no there's a lot of work and we take things really seriously. <laughs> <here>. <laughs> and, the, and the the character edgar is kind of taken aback he's like oh i didn't know your corporate culture was so uh you know refined right. <laughs> and it's like i That's imagine hilarious. that trauma is probably like that now they're like oh, did you think we got this famous or this did you think we got this <laughs> successful by just being goofballs doing splatter movies no we take this seriously it's a business (laughs) this is serious work (laughs) (laughs) um okay i'm a little bit of a let's do alternating so like we'll do two in a row right so now uh, i'll do psychological and i'm a little bit of a basic bitch on this one because my favorite psychological one is everybody's like favorite psychological horror movie um which is um uh, uh, the Exorcist. I think that that one st- I saw probably earlier than I should have seen when I was like maybe five or six years old. I saw the uncut one that has like the um, the subliminal messaging in it, and that it's like stayed with me forever. That uh, was a fucking horrifying movie. But pretty much everything that could ever be said about The Exorcist has been said. My my pick for the the best psychological horror movie is uh, is is The Exorcist. What are your thoughts? Did you ever see that when you were little?
0: You know, I'm pretty sure I did, but you know what's really funny is I remember first seeing, but I I probably saw The Exorcist first, but I remember seeing Repossessed with Leslie Nielsen and Linda oh, Blair. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I rem- for Great some remember. reason, in my memory, I remember that first, but uh, and then finding out what the real thing was after. But I'm sure I must have seen it. I mean, how could I have not? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, it's it's truly one of the best
1: all time classic horror movies. Favorite so, line from that? You was, know, you know, where with she inflation goes, where she and says, everything, when she says, uh, when she says, "Your mother so socks that smell," instead of your mother sucks cocks in hell. <laughs> That's ridiculous. It's <laughs> a great line. What were you, gonna you, say? you know, up
0: up. I was gonna say with inflation and everything, it's it was still the the most successful horror movie of all time until it just came out. I still haven't seen it.
1: Oh, Maybe it's, I'll watch it's
0: it tonight. great. It's like it's like an Evil Dead horror though. It's like it's pretty funny and like it's really over the top. Like I was actually pretty surprised that they went that direction like but I guess it is a clown, so you know. But but it's like actually like really fun and it's a great movie. What uh, um what about you?
1: On the topic for me, of
2: thrillers. How
1: oh, <laughs> you? I'm sorry, psychological, so, not not thrillers. Psy- yeah, right, psychological.
0: psychological. Um, well, I, I feel like this this particular subgenre is uh, a little hard to define. Like, there's a lot of different kind of movies that could fit it, um, and so I went with something you're probably going to know that I am pretty obsessed with right now, um, and I think does fit the bill depending on how you read the film. But I went with Mother.
1: Okay. Right. I don't I, know if I, I felt horror during that movie, but I guess
0: wh- okay. Well, you got to remember it was marketed that way, and it and it yeah. would scare the shit out of some people, depending on you know your uh, you know what you're seeing in it. You know, if,
1: if there were if there were um, if there were still blockbusters, if there was still a blockbuster mm-hmm. video store, what rack would Mother be on?
0: Right, exactly. And I think I think it would have to go on horror because I, I don't it's definitely a hard movie to classify, you know. Um you know, what are they gonna put it on like a drama rack or something? Like oh, that, yeah, I mean, that you know. But I like and movies it, like that.
1: I like movies that are that don't have a genre. I mean I feel like it would even yeah. be wrong to call I mean, I feel like it would be wrong to call um uh Get Out a horror movie. Right. It's it's like really almost like more comedy. Yeah, it's almost more of a comedy or yeah, so that's that's a good pick. Right, Uncomfortable, hard to watch. Who was yeah. the guy that used to make the movies? Um, so th- when I try to think of these, like sort of making you feel uncomfortable and, and like the, mm-hmm. evoking certain feelings in you, and there's not maybe overt horror, but it has an effect on you. I think of um, the scene, the marathon man scene, where it's mm. like, is it safe? Is it right. safe? The torture scene, right? And it's not really yeah. about the torture. It's more like, it's fucking with you um yeah it's and, getting into your head as much as the character and i think the director was john Sch- uh schlesinger and i don't know if that 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 kind of i don't know but in the in the last like 30 years of pop culture we got way more like on the nose with things like we weren't as um like movie making it wasn't so evocative it was more entertainment it was it wasn't meant to pull something out of you from the inside but mother is the majority like a, of it mother but, is like yeah. a, a throwback
0: in that way right and I think I think a lot of uh Darren Aronofsky's films all have that same effect I mean you know Black Swan is completely insane the like the vision of you know in the wrestler of what you know of his body and what's happening to him it's like it just it kills you watching it you know (laughs) and then of course Requiem for a Dream which is
1: yeah Requiem for a Dream was another one that was like just hard to watch and yeah. It, you know, it was.
0: I actually ran home and watched it again the night that I saw Mother. I was like, I was like on an Aronofsky high. And what I, did I miss? <laughs> like, I, did I, miss I, I gotta go back and watch that. <laughs> I, I um, want to get attacked again in my brain.
1: So, what is your what is your modern pick then?
0: Um, for modern, modern is definitely my least favorite, and it's part of the reason why I generally say I'm not a huge horror fan because I want to like, qualify this because
1: you and I have a long yeah. running joke about this. And I didn't know that this was what it was called. I didn't know that these films were classified as modern, but the thing where it's the boring, it can be boring, but I think it can be done well too sometimes, but the formulaic mm-hmm. quiet, quiet, a Creek, a look surprise. That's like, yeah. and it's Star- startle just, right. Startle as, as South park, put it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what we're talking about that like, yeah, you know, nothing
0: happens. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. Oh, I'm startled. And yeah. then nothing happens again. And there's always a little kid. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he always looks like he's the covered same in, movie
1: covered in Vaseline and like his eyes are too small or something. And <laughs> he opens his mouth and like a cat noise comes out. And it's um, a
0: beautiful house that all the women in the audience want to live in.
1: Right. You know, until it all yeah. just goes wrong. <laughs> and usually, like, um, Jamie Lannister is there, the guy who plays <laughs> – you know who that – you you're not a Game of Thrones fan, so you don't know that uh, uh, no. Uh, fuck no. you. no. Um, yeah, anyway, what's well, your
0: my, pick? My, my pick – and this one is uh, – this was a hard one to pick because, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of any of these movies. So I kind of went a different direction and went for one of the only found footage uh, horror movies that I've liked, which does qualify, I think, as modern uh, but that's Paranormal Activity, the first one. Okay. Um, I never I saw think, the first I one. Think...
1: I, now I've only heard that that Paranormal Activity has gotten better and didn't start that that good. But was is that wrong?
0: Well, I I actually had a hard time picking because the series in general, I think what it does, it does pretty damn well. Um, the The last couple were, I think, pretty terrible. But like the first, I think it's three were all pretty good you know they they at least did what they set out to do and they they stuck to their uh stuck to the idea you know and each one would introduce like a little something more that you know kind of expanded on the idea and made it even creepier you know and um i I don't know that there's that much there story-wise so obviously this is a pretty light pick (laughs) for me but uh but it it just it 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 was effective in a way that the genre really isn't usually nowadays
1: i'll tell you what i love about that and we've talked about this before about when people figure out when they hack the hollywood system and they just figure Mm -hmm. something out like a lot of those guys from the production house that you really love is a24 right and um yeah yeah yeah, I, i love when people are like uh, you know, to some degree, even though it's wildly overpriced and over budgeted and overexpensive, the Fast and the Furious movies are like this where they're like, fuck, yeah. OK, we na- we nailed something. And, you know, we're not going to try to be auteurs or artists or, you know, storytellers really, per se. We're more like we figured this shit out and we're just going to rake in money. And, oh, you, you know, the Hollywood, the, the business of Hollywood will run over you. And use you for all of your artistic merit and everything that you have unless you do the same to it and run it over. And these people right. from this paranormal activity, they got a fucking they, – they, they got a little a hustle going, man. They got a grind. They're like, okay, we figured this thing out. We know that $80 to to $100 million worth of people are going to show up to every one of these things. Mm-hmm. And let's just – Yeah, what was, and,
0: and they, they they have a thing and they stick to it and they do it and they, they actually do something that's pretty uh, – Pretty different and
1: worth seeing. Um, so then the one that uh, that that was your modern, right? Right, So modern. Paranormal Activity, that's a pretty big one. I picked one that was a little lesser known. Have you ever heard of Goodnight Mommy?
0: Yeah, I saw that.
1: Oh, you saw Goodnight Mommy, okay. I did was, see it, yeah. I didn't know if you had seen it or not because it was sort of lesser known. It wasn't like a big, a big one. It was Swedish, I think, right?
0: I think think so yeah um it got like a lot of buzz at the, you know in the festivals and stuff so that's why i checked it out
1: sorry it's not um, Swedish, it was austrian it was a 2014 uh, austrian okay from from about three yeah i know it's foreign but it yeah was um fucking terrifying and if you if yeah, you if, you, if you're not in the mood to watch the whole like movie um watch the trailer the trailer is probably the scariest trailer that's ever been made
0: I remember thinking that that the trailer was like fucking crazy scary like <laughs> yeah uh the movie was uh, I, I i liked it um it was it was definitely a good pick for you there um but i i think the trailer was even better than the movie itself you know it was like definitely one you know one of the best trailers of uh, recent times. I So
1: I I don't want to go too into it because I don't want to ruin it for anybody or spoil it. This is still a pretty relatively new movie. Like, I mean, if I say like, oh, I don't want to spoil The Exorcist, but let me just tell you that Satan's involved. Like people know (laughs) at this point what's going on in The Exorcist. This is still a pretty pretty new movie, so I don't want to ruin it for anybody. But I did want to bring up, did you know that this is based on a real thing? Not that that happened in real life, but – Uh, Capgras delusion. Have you ever heard of that? Capgras delusion? I don't know if I'm... It might be called Capgras. I think so. Yeah, I think it's pronounced Capgras delusion. Um, It's a delusion, a psychiatric disorder in which a person holds a delusion that a friend, spouse, parent, or other close family member or pet has been replaced by an identical imposter.
0: Yes. 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 That's right. I have heard
1: of that before. <laughs> that is. Oh, my God. It's horrifying. Can you imagine somebody in your life that was 100 percent sure that you aren't who you would say you are?
0: How long until that happens for me with you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, I that mean, situ- I, I
0: do only see you once a year. So in that in situation,
1: <laughs> is it you who has the delusion or is it me that is has the delusion about you? It's definitely me who has the delusion. Like you start thinking that I'm somebody else. I'm getting pretty weird day by day. You're getting getting really. (laughs) You're falling really deeply into your own like neuroses and weird shit that you have going on, and like my my supermarket thing really tipped me off to
0: that. (laughs) To explain your supermarket thing. (laughs) Well, I I just think it's uh, it doesn't make sense that there's so many fruit and vegetables and stuff in the
1: supermarket. It's just it just doesn't seem right. Because it's know. always there, right? It never it never yeah. runs out. It's just always yeah. being constantly it, replenished. It just, and where does it, it all go? Right. Are there people yeah. eating that many apples in a day? No,
0: there, there's no way. And I then when I you figure out that
1: there's like a, a Publix, or in your case, a Smiths, on every
0: corner, are th- yeah. are all those apples getting eaten? It's impossible. There's no way. There's no way they're even getting thrown out. Where would they go? I'm... <laughs> I mean, it, I don't know. Maybe, so what maybe you're positing? Something.
1: What you're positing is a situation where this is all an elaborate ruse to comfort you from the realities yes. of what's actually happening, which you you could never fathom. Which is like yes. some sort of, you know, uh, transubstantiation of the fruit. Like it's just like disappearing and turning into people or something. This I don't is, know. It's like going turning, into your body.
0: This is turning into an episode of WTF right now. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. So Good Night Mommy is my uh modern, which was hard because I don't good, like any of those movies. Page. I don't like The Ring right. or uh like any of those quick smash grab, fast cut, yeah. you know, easy, cheap horror. You know, uh, turn down the turn down all the reds and the yellows and turn up the blues and the grays and just like, oh yeah, you know all yeah. that whole that whole thing. I don't like any of that. But it's this, the same thing, same over. shit, over <laughs> and over. Like, should we change the fucking preset filters on Adobe Premiere from the last movie? No, nah, fuck it, just keep them. No, nope. just to put same it on. The, are you sure this isn't even like a sequel? This is a completely different movie. I don't know. Who fucking cares. No They're gonna care. eat it up. Thriller. Now, this one okay. is my first opportunity to really recommend a movie that I know nobody has watched, okay? Okay. I saw this movie two years ago at South by Southwest. Brag. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> It's called um, I Am Not a Serial Killer. Based off of the very successful um, book of the same name, uh, it, it takes place in, I think, Minnesota. And um, it was directed by a guy named Billy O'Brien. Dan Wells is. It's based off of Dan Wells' 2009 novel of the same name. It has Christopher Lloyd and uh, some unknown actors. Um, uh, The main character is is a a, a young boy named Max Records. In the uh, great name, in the I was um, about
0: to say the same thing.
1: (laughs) uh, He's a um, uh, look. This movie. There's so many things I'm like struggling to tell you about it, and I don't want to. I don't want to like ruin. Any of it did you ever see this you never saw this right No I, I haven't heard of this yeah. Okay I am not a serial killer with Christopher Lord. Lloyd came out two years ago, About a year and a half ago um, Basically it's about a boy uh, Who's I think uh, Maybe a 10th or 11th grader in in, in, uh, in in high school and is Exhibiting all of the um, he Basically exhibits All of the telltale signs uh, That he could Develop into being A um, they say serial killer, but it really is more of a—he's more of a Dylan Roof Columbine situation. Like he seems like he might be a, um, like a mass right. shooter or some one of these kids who's like sort of detached from the rest of the. I think I did crime.
0: hear about this. Yeah, I think and I did hear about this. Now I haven't seen it though.
1: About a third of the way through the movie, he works in a uh, in a mortuary with his uh, with his family, and and there's a lot of um, uh, obviously uh, visual imagery and things like that that play into that of him draining bodies and uh, Christopher Lloyd is sort of this uh, this neighbor from across the street who plays a uh, kind of a patriarchal figure for him and somebody who's like who he can talk to and about a third of the way through the movie it takes a turn that there's just no way you can see it coming and it becomes a completely different movie and I've not seen in recent memory, any movies do a turn the way that this movie does a turn. And so shocking and so fast where you're watching a scene and all of a sudden you're like, oh, this isn't the movie that I thought it was at all. This is a completely different movie. And the, sh- the just for the shock value of it alone, even me telling you that this happens is kind of ruining it a little bit. I'm not even going to tell you what it is or give you a hint about what happens, but totally worth it. This movie is incredible. Okay. Um, I'll have to check that strong out. Strong sure. recommend. And it's available all pretty right. much everywhere. It's on Amazon, I think. So um, you, nice. you can watch it, watch it anywhere. How about you? What is your, um, your thriller? So, I didn't have Thriller
0: on my list originally. Somehow, so I didn't really get to think of it until we just started this.
1: Look, who's um, fucking bragging about being prepared, and who? Fucking, I know. It's like, look I at know. my phone screen cap and all this. And hey, maybe
0: you're the one that's not prepared because I didn't have that on my list of things to pick. <laughs> but you know, all right. But anyway. Uh, I'm going to go off the top of my head right now and make a pick and it is Zodiac David Fincher. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, which I think, uh, is one of the best, uh, examples of suspense in, uh, you know, modern film history and, uh, one of his underrated movies because, uh, he gets a lot of love, but Zodiac doesn't always get a lot of love. And, uh, the atmosphere that that movie creates is, like, just so, like, terrifying. But at the same time, it's a great movie on other – it's funny and it's, you know, a great, uh, you know, uh, uh, investigative, you know, type movie. And um, I, it's just – it it's, like, 100% on every level, I think.
1: You know what that movie does that's awesome that um, is, like, a really, I don't know, esoteric thing for me to bring up? But I've only seen this done well in one other movie – Which is uh, the game with Michael Douglas, Um, and that is to take the Bay Area and make it moody and dark. Usually, every (laughs) Bay Area movie is like it's bright, it's shiny, fucking Catherine Heigl's trying to get fucked or something like that, and like it's all like goofy and funny and like it's like Full House just barfed all over the place. But that and the game are the only two movies where they take San Francisco, which is a city I've been to a few times, and is like it's not like a bright, shiny you know
0: it's really not. It's yeah, not. It's, it's like not. it's
1: it's a moody city. It's very like kind of it's got like certain tones to it that are very cinematic but don't get used in in the palette yeah. of that city. So it's always portrayed as being very green and open, which it's not either of those things. No. It's like very there's
0: there's like a couple of parks. And... Yeah. There's a couple <laughs> of parks
1: and if you can like get through the dozens of film crews that are probably shooting there. You know what I would say those two movies and the room. <laughs> I was green. about to I was about
0: to say you know who you know who really captured San Francisco
1: Tommy was Tommy Weissau, yeah. Tommy Weissau nailed the room. Like nailed San Francisco in the room. Like that is when I think of San Francisco, I think of playing football with fingerless gloves.
0: Like, that's what I think. When of. I think of San Francisco, I think of green screens around a roof in another state. <laughs> I mean another city.
1: <laughs> green screen. <laughs> that's made to that's shot outside on a roof yeah. <laughs> initially made to look like a roof yeah. and the the natural setting of the green screen was good enough and then later turned into an alley <laughs> oh my god um um
0: so for slasher i um my pick for slasher is a classic you know um but I got to qualify it a little bit and say that it's been a long time since I've watched these movies, and I had a little trouble remembering which one of the series I was actually talking about. So I'm kind of going to go with a series pick. I know it's a little bit cheating, but uh, it's Friday
1: the 13th. Um, Okay. You know, Jason Jason, is such a great character. You That's know? about as basic bitch as me picking, yeah. Um. you know, fucking exorcist, you know, it's like, okay, Absolutely. you know, it's, it's right down the middle, but why? Yeah, okay, it has it, to me it can't just be a default pick. Like what's your, what's, what's the reason why? It's the character.
0: It's a hundred percent the character. I think he is, you know, the best, most iconic, you know, slasher villain guy there, there is, you know, the <laughs> way that the kills that he does his overall, you know, his overall shtick. You know, it's just the, it, it's the most, uh, it's the most fun, you know. And uh, like I said, I don't really quite remember which uh, entry in the series that I would really call my favorite. And I've, I've been thinking lately about having a little marathon and uh, going back to them because I used to love those movies. And Jason
1: to... in the Hood, was that your favorite one?
0: Oh yeah, that's definitely. <laughs>
1: was there ever a Jason in the Hood? I don't think so, but
0: there's of course Jason in Space, Jason yeah. X. Jason, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. such
1: good movies, such good movies. Yeah. But I can't, I can't claim that my um, splatter pick. I'm sorry, my slasher pick is any better. Um, it's actually a horrible movie, but it just is one of those movies that just sticks with you. Um, and it is a movie called Wrong Turn from 2003.
0: <laughs> with. <laughs> so it's just another one of your go-to, just, just. Yeah it's like a word that you use all the time it's just wrong turn you know it's like it's like what are we going to see wrong turn like you know <laughs> i don't know why you always use that movie <laughs> i
1: love i i love um wait oh, have see- you
0: seen wrong turn more than the one time that we saw it in the theater
1: first of all i didn't see it with you in the oh you weren't with me i wanted okay. i want on a date and okay. during the years of 1998 1990- 9 through 2005 I probably saw conservatively 1500 movies inside of a movie theater and of those mm-hmm. I probably saw 1490 of them with you this was one yeah. of the 10 <laughs> that I didn't see with you that I took okay. a, that I took a girl to see and uh, no so no I have seen it that one time in the movie theater and I've seen it maybe two times pieced together. Uh, you know, on Cinemax or some shit like that Uh, over the course right. of the years. Like, if you combine all of them together, I've seen it a few more times. I just liked it. It was... No, it was fun. It, it was just was one fun, of, and it played... Yeah. It, you know, and the thing... you, I, I think it was you, maybe somebody that said something about what made this movie good, and I agree with. It's that it's a real thing. It's fucking... Inbred rednecks. It's like a right. like I imagine that those people exist in West Virginia, right?
2: And
0: and they do, and, and they're they do. waiting every, to eat every, you. Yeah, and every every time you make a wrong turn in real life, you know, in the middle of nowhere, like that immediately comes to your mind. You know that oh, I'm I'm about to get murdered pretty soon here by by inbred rednecks.
1: In, in in Las Vegas, um, there's a street called a, a a main thoroughfare called Charleston, and when you just keep taking Charleston west, you go into the mountains. And you go mm-hmm. into the Red Rock area and you just – it stops being Charleston. and starts being called like State Highway something. And um, there are turnoffs on that – this lonely stretch of road that eventually kind of like it leans – it leads back to Vegas like the southern – like your part of town it leads back to. I'm saying all this to you as if you don't know. You know all this. You've lived there for like 20 years. Sure. But um, it, that road always reminded me of – and that – it reminded me of long, Wrong Turn. And what's the other one where they're in the desert? And there's like weird desert people, Dave. What's that movie? It was a franchise. It was really successful. The Hills Have Eyes. The Hills Have Eyes.
0: I, I was gonna say. I was gonna say maybe that. Yeah. That was in the yeah, desert. There, there, there are a lot of movies like that. Like it is a pretty, you know, well-worn horror thing. You know, the the, the crazies out in the in the middle of nowhere. Right. Um. But yeah, the Hills Have Eyes is definitely another classic in that that sub sub genre of horror. You know.
1: So I was going to – I think I think you and I had the um, – I was going to steal your thunder a little bit, but I think you and I have the same sci-fi. So I'm going to change up my sci-fi. Um, okay. My, my sci-fi was, I think, yours, which when you get to your turn, let me just preface by saying that one, only out of courtesy am I changing it because that one still remains my favorite sci-fi horror movie, the one that, 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 that Jewish Dave is going to go into. Um, okay. That said – I will instead take my moment to highlight um, the Josh Hartnett vehicle, 30 Days of Night, which is sci-fi-ish in that, like, there's, I don't know, it just has that feeling of a sci-fi, uh, I, I realize it's fantasy, I realize it's vampires and, and shit like that, but they're, those vampires are very much rooted in, like, a scientific reality of, like, they come out an X amount of time every few years they are only, uh, you know, able to approach this town during a period of time when there's like all this dark, and it, it. It borrows a lot from sci-fi. I don't know. Do you think I'm off base calling that one a sci-fi?
0: Um, a little bit, but I, you know, I guess I see what you're saying, though. Um, I'm trying to remember if it was good. It was really... I, you know,
1: I, I'm going to take your word for it. You know, you know what I always mix that movie up with? Huh? Phantoms. I do. Don't you ever mix that up with phantoms?
0: Isn't that you know? The I don't know movie? if I have ever actually seen phantoms. I mean, it's it's a great joke. You know what I mean the 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 whole Jade Style Bob thing. But I don't know if I've ever actually seen phantoms. I might have at some point.
1: Oh, you know what? I also always mix it up with huh the crazies. Did you ever yeah. see that? that's? Yeah, I, I think also a Josh Hartnett movie too, right? No, uh, Timothy Oliphant.
0: Yes, yes. Who is yes.
1: basically just Josh Hartnett, which, mm-hmm. strong recommend. Maybe it's not a fully a sci-fi movie, but um, I, I know where you're going to go, I think. And uh, that, I completely endorse and co-sign to. What's your sci-fi? That would be
0: Event Horizon. Great which movie. Which is fucking yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's... It's uh you know it, it's it's a little corny you know looking back at it but Fuck it, that some, it's not corny some,
1: at all it it's not perfectly. it's not I, take, it's I take it I take it back already I'll take it back already
0: <laughs> It it's just uh, there's something about that movie the the way uh was it Verhoven who, who directed it or, or is that who did it I forget but um just the, the totally, vision that he brought to I'm totally
1: totally prepared for this episode Ah <laughs> oh,
0: I'm totally prepared
1: I know all the hey. things I want to say.
0: Hey, hey, <laughs> I prepared. I prepared enough. Okay,
2: <laughs>
0: But no, something about the, the vision that he brought to that is just truly, I mean, that guy must have some serious fucking nightmares, you know, <laughs> to be able to come up <laughs> with those images, you know, uh, it's just and, and when I saw it, it must have come out. Um, I'm going to take a guess here and say 1997. Um, cause I think it was right before I moved to Las Vegas. And I remember like not sleeping for like weeks, if not months <laughs> after that movie. It's just, I, I kept seeing that shit every time I'd
1: go to sleep. And so it was not uh, Paul terrifying. Verhoeven. It was a guy named Paul W.S. Anderson. Ah, who sounded familiar. Um, he, he
0: did, didn't he do Mortal Kombat? <laughs> <laughs> he did do Mortal
1: Kombat. That's right. Yeah. And he yeah. did all the resident evils apparently. Uh huh. So, yeah, and you, you Evil, can kind of see that. Yeah. Terrible,
0: terrible movies. Terrible uh, movies.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Event Horizon is Event definitely. Event Horizon was a, incredible.
1: I, lo- I I'm just looking at it right now. I can't believe Event Horizon was 1997, dude. Yeah. It feels yeah. like it was so much more recent. It feels like it was that does not that holds up perfectly. First of all, that movie holds up like awesome, and it is not. A 1997 looking movie it looks like maybe 2003 2004 something like that sure. after it yeah. looks like a every movie that i compare to other movies for me lands on the line of pre-matrix post-matrix because matrix was the first right. movie that like was like oh shit you can do that with special effects okay that's incredible sure, yeah this looks like a post-matrix yeah. movie
0: it does it absolutely does and by the way i saw that movie um Uh, not the matrix uh, event horizon um i saw that in las vegas when i was here on vacation before we ever moved here
1: (laughs) little little fact that would have been like right before you moved here yep i moved in 98 why is there when you do a google image search of event horizon the first image that shows up is a is like you in the middle of it why is that do a google image search what? Why are you in the middle of this picture? What is this picture? What am I looking at right now? I'm in hell right now.
0: What are you looking at what I'm looking at? I, I'm seeing Sam Neil with his eyes scratched out, which is thanks thanks for making me do this uh search Oh my god
1: Why are you in the middle of this picture? It's not me. It's, it's, it does look like me though.
0: that's gonna be our promo image for this episode
1: oh my god event horizon nostalgia critic nostalgia ween begins with a cult classic that no one understands that no one understands why it's a cult classic great sentence structure uh the nostalgia critic reviews 1997's movie event horizon don't think you need the word movie in there the nostalgia critic reviews 1997's event horizon um, okay, so this is a guy named Doug Walker. He doesn't actually look like you, but just in this picture, somehow. By the way, good for Doug Walker and ChannelAwesome.com that they are the first image that shows up when you search for Event Horizon. So, so it's a picture weird. of uh, of um, who are the who are the the main characters here the, on the left and the right of this picture. Fucking fucking uh, what's his name? Uh, Doctor Grant. Morpheus and um,
0: and Doctor Grant, right? And Dr. And, isn't that yeah. his, isn't that his Jurassic Park name? No, doc, yeah, he's Doctor. <laughs> in this, he's
1: Doctor Weir.
0: Doctor Weir, yes, yeah. yeah
1: so go. Sam Neill and Lawrence Fishburne. Um, <laughs> and in the middle of it is just a Jewish Dave looking motherfucker. <laughs> oh man, we did it, Dave. We talked about our movies that we like. We did. We, we we really did i have one i have a wild card i'm just gonna throw it out there um okay. idle hands favorite halloween ish type movie in the world ever <laughs> okay. my favorite oh it's a fun movie my favorite yeah. like consensus zero star movie that that there is out there like terrible terrible movie that is incredible that i love you got any you yeah. got any like that any like genre busters like that
0: yes i am it's actually sort of a second pick for splatter since evil dead is obviously my favorite horror movie i would say I'm you know gonna, i do gonna...
1: Going back to idle hands really quick it's it's sort of a proto um get out when you think about it because it's like it's is it a teen comedy is it a horror movie sure. is it a body horror movie like right. what is it you know same thing yeah. and probably i would say as um well made as uh as get out <laughs> sure, absolutely. What up? So yeah, I'm
0: I'm I'm just gonna throw uh throw in um, since Evil Dead would be my my favorite horror movie, I'm I'm gonna pull it out of Best
1: Splatter, and I'm gonna add Dead Alive into uh. Oh, Best you Splatter. showed me that movie. I love that. That was yeah. the one where it's there's a spirit traveling from person to person, and they have to visit like Japan or something like that. <laughs>
0: no, I, I think you might be thinking of the Frighteners, which is also Peter Jackson. Uh, with the spirits and all that stuff But uh, no, it's it's uh, Peter Jackson's, one of his early Movies um, uh, Before he obviously got Lord of the Rings And everything And it's probably the single Goriest movie ever made It's just non-stop blood and body parts And it's uh, absolutely Just unhinged Ridiculous, insane And it's really, really fun
1: It's called, and apparently the official name Is Braindead
0: Right, yeah. It, well, it was called Brain Dead, and it's it came out originally in uh, New Zealand under that name, and then got changed to Dead Alive for whatever reason at some point. I always knew it as Dead Alive first.
1: So. This was before yeah. he had like hobbits fucking each other. He was doing this stuff. <laughs> Peter before Jackson can, tw-
0: before twenty four hours of of Middle Earth movies.
1: I mean, am I am I going to get like all types of backlash just saying Peter Jackson most overrated director there is? Like. I mean, I understand like you still, you probably hold a candle for him for like movies like this from back in the day. But yeah, I mean, come on, exactly. Man. These movies are yeah. like a lot, all those Hobbit movies, all six or eight, however many there were. I've never seen a good Hobbit movie.
0: And anything he's done, you know, since that all started, uh, except for King Kong, I, I just, they're no, they're not good. Are you a? Um, <laughs>
1: Uh, Like, Little Girl Getting Raped and Murdered movie, Liker, Whisperer of the Fucking Sad Tree, Sex Assault Survivor. What was that movie? Lonely Bones or Lonely Lonely Bones? Bones? The Lonely Bones. The
0: Lonely
2: Bones. Oh, you've got the Lonely Bones!
1: That was a terrible movie. It was a bad Uh, movie, right? What was the end? At the end, it was like that... I don't even
0: remember. I I was like... I was mad while I was watching it. If you <laughs> die,
1: it's okay as long as you learn a lesson. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> it's a bad movie. Fuck you, man. <laughs> like,
1: don't tell me that shit. Don't tell me that shit now. Like I could have lived. I was fucking thirteen. Oh, but that girl was in um one of my favorite movies, which is not a horror movie. We're like, we'll do this. When's a good time to do action movies? We're going to make this a regular thing, man. This genre yeah. roulette is going to be a regular thing for us. And the next time we do it, it's going to be summer action season. Maybe it'll be like um, in May, I guess. May The first week of May is when they released the good action, right?
0: Probably, yeah. Okay, Whenever so, the next Fast and Furious comes out, we'll do it.
1: Yeah. So for me, Hana. <laughs> uh, Hana was a fucking great action movie. One of the best action movies. That was movies pretty seen. good. Yeah. Um, pretty damn so, good. So we'll go over to that. So... Yeah. All right, so Idle Hands, that was my that was my pick. Yours was, what was it again? Oh, yeah, Brain Dead, uh, Dead yeah. Alive, which she, we, we did watch together. We did watch together.
0: Yeah, we did watch it once. Good.
1: Yeah. Um, right on. So Love and Hate, man. What do you have for Love and Hate this week? What things did you love? What things uh, did right. you hate?
0: Well, I'm going to go first because my love directly ties into what we were just doing. Um, so last night I went and saw... The Master of Horror Live, John Carpenter, performing scores from his films. And um, first of all, it was just fantastic. Just, you know, his music is amazing. His films are, you know, classics. But it also made me realize while I was watching it, I need to have a John Carpenter marathon. And I might change some of my answers (laughs) for what we just did. Because... um, a lot of his movies, I really, other than Halloween, I haven't seen since like high school, um, and I, I, be, as they were like they had screens showing clips of them while he was performing the music, and as I'm watching, I'm like, oh, I fucking remember this movie. I love this movie, and I like had forgotten all about it, you know? Yeah. Um, and so it's like I really need to go back and watch those movies. They're like so insane and and like so just crazy and gory and, and just totally what I love in horror. And so I really need to go back to that stuff. And it was also especially cool to see because, um, you know, when I put my first album of instrumental music out, uh, I got a review in the Las Vegas review journal that said that it unfolds like a lost John Carpenter score, which <laughs> was like the, the best review I've ever gotten and ever will get. Um, and so you know just seeing that dude up there playing music that actually does sound quite a lot like what i do it was uh really awesome you know
1: um for me my love is a little bit more again uh sort of a basic bitch kind of thing i'm sure if millions of people were watching this over the weekend I did candy. Too. candy it's candy it's candy yeah. guys it's <laughs> it's love i love love i love when uh-huh. um <laughs> no my my um my love hate starts off with love for the sequel to Stranger Things, Stranger Things 2. Oh, um, I can't wait. Great I can't show. wait. Did to you watch, watch it. the first one? Was that I feel yes. like Stranger Things seems like the kind of thing where I I would think you might skip out on it. Like you might not no, be into it no. cuz it's almost too obvious. It's almost too like like the, the way you are with like Game of Thrones and Walking Dead. Right, It's like right. it's too mainstream, too obvious. I know. If it wasn't
0: we, for the uh, if it wasn't for that theme, the music theme, I might have skipped it. But as soon as I heard that theme, I was like, "Yeah, I'm in." Oh man, I gotta watch this. Um, but yeah, no, I loved it. I I did feel like in the months after it came out, like they got way too overexposed, and oh, I started yeah. to it's get sick totally, of the kids, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But but I, I I'm really excited. I, I can't wait to watch it as soon as I get some free time for binging.
1: Yeah, yeah, I my, my um Monica and I uh finished it over the weekend like losers. okay, And um just housed like four episodes last night and we like, nice. stayed up way too late for like parents should not be staying up that late watching television. But we did and um I am most excited to see what they do with the char- with the uh the older brother character who um was deported for cocaine <laughs> cuz how are they going to <laughs> write him off of the show the guy can't come back man the guy got caught in uh in in the airport with cocaine and he can't come back to the u.s
0: they're just gonna have to write that in somehow i I guess it seems like a good story for a show about a bunch of kids
1: maybe all of it happens on like a phone maybe he's like trapped in a phone now
0: (laughs) oh there you go yeah and all
1: you hear is like you know like the scary sounds of like random sniffing and you don't know where it's (laughs) coming from. What's your hate? What did you hate?
0: Okay, I actually I have one for this. Um so first of all, is is groupthink a thing? Did I make that term up
1: or no groupthink that... is a thing. I mean like Okay, yeah. that's like everybody it's seems that... to have
0: the same fucking opinion.
1: It's a real thing and then it's also a buzzword that's used in political circles. So like okay. it's like groupthink is an actual, you know, thing that happens very often in um so the creative here's, industries.
0: Where, it, here's where it applies for me, okay? Um, this week, Louis C.K. put out the trailer for his uh, new movie, Uh, I Love You, Daddy, which premiered at, uh, I think, the Toronto International Film Festival. Um, Huge reviews. I mean, they said it was just amazing. It was hilarious. It was uh, beautiful. It has an amazing score. Its cinematography is great. It's his first movie since Pootie Tang, but of course, it's nothing like Pootie Tang. It's more like his show, um, which everybody loved his show. Um, it's totally supposed to be him a hundred percent, his style, his, you know, sense of humor, his idea, you know, his, uh, his point of view and everything. And that's something everybody loves, you know, uh, it's, it's clearly, you know, an homage to Woody Allen. Um, and you know, it, maybe not everybody loves Woody Allen, but,
1: and he uh, would have know, film wouldn't, people wouldn't, 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 wouldn't Louis C.K. at this point have a like age appropriate. Um, one of his daughters is age appropriate to Chloe Grace Moretz, sure. who who plays opposite him. Right? Yeah, so yeah.
0: It's, so it's personal. Yeah, it's, it's a personal. personal. He story. does have a daughter
1: what, who's that age. Yeah,
0: yeah, and 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 he could probably imagine her dating some older man, which is fucking John happening. Yeah, so I mean that that it's a Jeez. personal story. You know, there's nothing to not love there. You know, and and. Uh, you know everything i just said you know there's no reason for louis ck fans to not be into this and there are millions of louis ck fans yet everybody fucking hates this trailer and seems to think oh my god what a obvious thing what a stupid thing who would watch a movie about that subject matter what is he thinking doing like, this oh my god I, why would he do woody allen that's so dumb like and I, it just drives me crazy like where does that opinion come from and why does everybody have it?
1: I okay. don't get it. So, no, I agree with you. And one of my things, one of the things that I consistently get into arguments with people in regular life about, people close to me mm-hmm. about, is... Um, I'm trying to think of where the most specific one is. Okay, my biggest problem with the uh, sort of awakening that we're having culturally of really finally coming to understand how difficult a time um specific groups have pretty much anybody who's mm-hmm. not a white man like the the, right. the the difficulties that they have on a day-to-day life like things that i that i think of in terms of like um uh what I thought was a really powerful scene in The Master of None where they show the difference between two guys walking home and a, a young woman walking home and the difference yeah. of that experience and what that's like and how it's pervasive. It's every day, right? We're becoming aware, I, I I think, I like to think that, at least in the U.S., we're becoming more aware of those differences and those differences in experiences even though it's becoming... It, it, it's conjoined with this sort of um, very... Virulent opposition to to it, and the sort of people who would always, um you know, push back on that and be like, "No, no, everything is fine. It's you know, why is do things have to change so much? Don't you know? Let, let's let's uh, we don't have to be culture warriors and shit like that." It's like, "No, fuck you, man. right? Things are things are tough for people, you know the the that that aren't white men." And yeah, guess what? Women are routinely um, harassed or put in unequal positions of power where they are maybe trying to make a career for themselves. And I don't know enough about this movie to make a judgment on it. Honestly, I haven't seen it or seen even the preview of it. What I do know is that even though I feel that way, I constantly find myself getting into, I frequently find myself getting into disagreements with people about, about having, a, a you know, an opinion or a agenda applied to the lens of creativity. So I right. don't like, the idea that somebody who's creating something needs to make sure they check off certain boxes and make sure that 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 their their vision is sanitized um, or properly that goes through all of the, the, the right. Approval matrices to, to, to <laughs> right. make sure that all of these like different people think that it's okay and that it's not problematic and and, and you're
0: 100 percent right. This is where the, the the backlash to this trailer comes from. It's from you know the moment right now. There's also of, the practicality of, of it that
1: clearly this movie for it to be coming out right now had to have been written far earlier than the Harvey Weinstein situation. Oh sure, like, absolutely, and, and, and everything and, that's going on right now.
0: And another thing from you know someone who appreciates. You know, this isn't like an, this
1: isn't an SNL sketch that they just fucking right. like drop exactly. out of the news. Yeah,
0: exactly. And, and another, another thing separate from that, because that's that's a good point, too. But, you know, this he did this the same way he did Horace and Pete, which is, you know, th- this is a completely personal. He paid 100 percent for it with his own money. You know, that this is his movie. It's not like it's not like he, uh, you know, got a script or something like that. You know know what I mean? He's going
1: to die so broke, Louis C.K. Yeah, Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) His his daughters are going to be so pissed at him that he was like so huge and didn't leave them a fucking penny because he kept self-financing. Despite every single person in Hollywood just begging to throw money at him, he chose to to go
0: this route. a, A black and white movie about a guy's daughter dating John Malkovich.
1: <laughs> Here, you know what though I will criticize that movie a little bit and I haven't seen it yet um, uh-huh. and I haven't I, don't, I mean I don't know is it out yet? Is it out or no? Uh, no, it comes okay. out I think in November. Vaguely aware uh, uh, aware of it what I'll, I'll criticize one thing about it. okay and that is the black and white thing. I feel like black and white now is becoming this sort of shorthand that's used to convey seriousness. Even mm-hmm. if it's warranted or not warranted. Movies are just like using the black black and white as this, uh, this sheen to let you know, like, oh, this movie should be, even if it is a comedy, it should be taken as a serious comedy. A thoughtful, you know, provocative comedy. And mm. it seems like it's being used. I understand the, the film school idea behind black and white is to strip away some of the unnecessary, uh, you know, visual trappings so that the the story and the narrative and the characters are sort of laid bare and you can focus on them and what they're saying yeah. and what they're doing and you're not uh, you know wrapped up in this in this other word, world um still like I feel like it's a little lazy you don't need to do that anymore don't 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 make a movie black and white why make a movie black and white am I stupid is there something I don't know about like filmmaking where people continue to do this I feel like it's a trope at this point. I, I think you're partially right, uh, but I, I lazy I don't think because
0: I do think like, you know, unless you're just throwing a fucking filter on it, you know what I mean? Uh, I think it actually takes a lot uh, to to do good cinematography, you know, in black and white. I think there's a lot more choices involved and uh, a lot more to making it, you know, the beautiful picture that it is. Um, but it I do think... That it's pretty easy to look at black and white films or shows or whatever and and say that, yeah, they're going for, you know, this sort of hipsterish, you know, artsy type of thing. and you know, this is to, meant to be taken seriously. Um, but it, you know, it all comes down to whether or not it's you know, a worthwhile project for it. I mean, I, I don't think either of us would argue uh, that any of the black and white and master and None was bad. You know what I mean? That was uh, it. Was looked no. Awesome. You know
1: what? Oh fuck! Fuck you. Think again, because that is exactly the one that I'm talking about. That's the thing that, that oh. first got me on this. No, the come first one it was go- it was gorgeous, dude. I, I, it looked I thought so it was, good. It was gorgeous. It yeah. was Rome. I mean, come on, it was going to be fucking gorgeous. You could have filmed it in color. He was sure. Yeah, of course. But you he was making know, an effort to do a thing. Whereas, it, it, look, it goes back to this thing of like of of. The best storytelling is the kind of storytelling that, like, blazes new trails and makes you think in different ways and, 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 and reroutes the fucking neural pathways of your brain. In my mind, the cheapest storytelling is the one that relies on nostalgia. And it's like, remember this? Oh, you know what this means, right? Whenever we put a movie... Whenever we start off with, a, you know, a Charles Trenet score and have, like, a, you know, a black and white with a, with a guy on a, on a bicycle... Um, shot, mm-hmm. you know, profile. You know what we're trying to go for, all right? You already know. Sure. That way, as a storyteller, I don't have to do any work. I already gave you a thing that you know. And that's the way that I viewed the first that first episode of Master of None, which was <sighs> a great TV show yeah. on its merit. On its merit yeah. it was a great TV show. I'm just picking at this particular trope that it relied on i'm just like and i'm and i'm
0: torn because i do agree with you to a point but i think if the the that particular show or story or whatever you know transcends that that potential for being i guess lazy i'll 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 give you that uh you know it, it it can really work so well i think and i think that's a good example of it and from what I've seen, I think uh, Louis C.K.'s film is going to uh, benefit from it as well, but you know we'll we'll have to see exactly how that works. You know.
1: So I want to go to my hate, which is okay. something that I hate so much that I kind of love it. Um, it's from somebody I hate, one of the most one of the worst people on the planet, um, Steve <clears> King, <throat> King, the uh, the 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 U.S. senator from the great state of Iowa. Um, <laughs> he, who's the one that said. Uh, that all the Mexicans are hopping over the uh, the the fences and carrying duffel bags full of drugs, and they've got <laughs> they've got sure. they've got cabs the size of cantaloupes and <laughs> like like really not racially charged language at all. No, a really good no. person, just like generally a good person, who's also one of the most of ardent, um, you know, from the earliest parts of his campaign, the, the most ardent... like like me, a huge Donald Trump supporter from the very earliest parts of his um of his campaign, but <laughs> since now deleted tweet and replaced with, with, with a corrected version. Yesterday, I'm sorry, no, it would be Saturday, the 28th, at uh, 7.13 p.m., the senator, again, a U- a sitting U.S. senator, sent out uh, a tweet, uh, which was a, a picture of him and Donald Trump Jr. with um, shotguns uh, sort of resting on their shoulders, dressed in uh, in hunting gear to show everyone what normal guys they are, and the tweet says this, uh, Steve Kings, by the way, one of my pet peeves, when somebody from their official account refers to themselves and you that way you know that it's a social media manager and it's not them. It's like Hillary Clinton was really guilty of this. Like the, the really famous one from last week was where – I'm from, sorry, from a year ago last week was her birthday wish to herself. She wished herself a happy birthday. <laughs> and not just that, but called herself future president <laughs> in her own oh tweet. And it's like, you oh know, it's just bad social media strategy. Anyway, back to this awesome tweet from Steve King. Uh, Steve King's, and this is him tweeting, Steve King's annual Bud Day peasant hunt if Donald Trump Jr. defends the Second Amendment as well as he shoots, we have nothing to worry about. Ha, 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 ha. Okay. No, they're hunting pheasant, you moron. They're not hunting peasants. <laughs> like, but I think that it was a Freudian slip. I really do because in the mind of a guy like Steve King, he should be hunting down peasants in the street. If you, if your income is under like $21,000 a year for a household of four— you should be able, like, Steve Steve King should be able to shoot you in the streets uh, at least (laughs) once a year. So when it eventually happens that the purge becomes a real thing and everyone's like, oh, I didn't see any signs of it. becoming." All of a sudden, just one day, we had an annual Bud Day peasant hunt where you're allowed to hunt peasants in the street. Don't say that you didn't see it coming, all right? right? Because Steve King told you. (laughs) He's the guy that told you that he was coming for you. If you're right pulling, out in the open Right out there in the open Of course they, they deleted that tweet And put up a, a, a correct one uh, With the word pheasant instead of peasant And um, I guess we can all just go back to thinking That that was just, you know A social media manager typo When in fact I think it was Something a little more sinister And a little more telling
0: <laughs> Well that was a great uh, hate for Halloween
1: Oh yeah I want to go as maybe – do you think it's too late for me to get an outfit where I dress up as like an an old, angry, fat white guy with like <laughs> – dressed up in fucking like uh, weekend warrior fatigue uh, hunting Don't gear, really. wearing that same fucking hat that they all wear, the fucking like the, the super curved baseball hat and uh, and like a dead poor person in a bag? Hey, now be careful.
0: That's cultural appropriation. <laughs>
1: Um, okay we should probably talk about uh, shit that we like obligations and things like that what do you have going on what do you want to plug that um kind of dumb bullshit are you doing we can barely fucking (laughs) record this week because you uh have all this shit going on in your life why don't you talk about some of this 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 i I got
0: i got news for you next weekend's gonna be tough too uh we're going out of town for gina's birthday but uh anyway uh tonight's that party bus to hell premiere should be fun i guess that'll be last night once this goes up it went awesome my music ruled um and i'm starting on a whole bunch of music for my new album while I have a little bit of a downtime before uh, I start scoring this one film that I'm really looking forward to. It's a really good one, and uh, and I managed to finish the last two things that have been driving me nuts. Uh, it was just too much all at once. Not that they were bad projects. I loved working on them. Um, but yeah, they're done and I'm moving forward.
1: I got nothing. Alright. That's That's still perfect. no word from the iTunes store. Uh, we're, we're not showing up there yet. Um, I, I mean, saw it on there, but I guess it's
0: not in the right
1: app, right? It's only in the store. It's
0: not in the, I don't know.
1: Um, I will say though, uh, actually maybe you can talk about this a little bit and give give our give our boys our Vegas boys a little bit of a plug Through a friend, we got introduced to our first podcast friends, people who run podcasts of note that, um, you know, are, are, are worthy of mention. Um, why don't we give them a little plug and tell people if you're listening to our show, You should probably be listening to their show.
0: Yeah, no, uh, the show called Kings Without Crowns, uh, the, uh, you know, the host of the show reached out to me and uh, I'm hopefully going to go be a guest on his show. Uh, We'll talk about each other's shows a little bit and it should be fun. I'm I'm looking forward to meeting those guys Um, and, uh, you know. Getting, I guess, to be a little bit of a part of a podcast community in Las Vegas. That'll be uh, so. Our buddies sweet. over
1: there in Vegas, in the in the biggest podcast ecosystem. Sir William, Doctor Cavarga, the Kentucky Colonel. Um, again, Boy. these these guys um, have been doing this for a while. They've got like they've got playlists on their SoundCloud page. I mean, all we have is at this point. After I upload this, we'll have three tracks, but they've got playlists <laughs> filled with like different like riffs and iterations and like reviews and stuff like that. Lots of cool stuff over there. Um, yeah, they're really,
0: they're really doing, they're really doing stuff there. It uh, they, they, they really do a great job and they've been, uh, they, they, they promote like crazy. I mean, they, they've got, they've got a good name out there and I think we're going to, uh, continue to grow this thing that we're doing. And, um, I think,
1: uh, well, it shouldn't be hard. Hardly anybody's listening to it right now. So I mean, it should be be easy to grow in any direction we want. Rule of small numbers, you know, (laughs) Kings. So Kings without crowns, Kings without crowns, check out that podcast. Um, they're on SoundCloud and, uh, a lot of, a lot of fun shit there. I'm going to reach out to some other Vegas podcasts too. Some of them are, some of them are sad though. Like some of them are, you know, that there are podcasts just about gambling, like just gambling that's pretty weird it's weird man and it's like i i listened i've been listening to some of these some random podcasts about and then the, the ones in all the vegas podcasts are about gambling and then all the miami podcasts are about you know getting your hustle on and <laughs> <laughs> starting starting t-shirt companies and stuff like that uh, like how to start a t-shirt company and shit like that and i'm like isn't that uh, isn't that what our podcast is about? Getting our hustle on? Yeah, getting our hustle on. Yo, this is Jewish <laughs> Dave and Q. We're on the grind. Grinding out here in these streets,
0: Bird Road.
1: Get your Bird hustle. Road about how to get the grind on and sell birds to people at <laughs> a significant markup. Yo, I'm holding cockatoos. What y'all got? Call us. All right, happy Halloween everybody. Happy Halloween everyone. Halloween. Okay.